me say a good morning to you and the entire establishment of Angel uh, FM. A special greetings to the regional chairman of the NDC and all NDC functionaries in the region. Mm. All those who are tuning to this program this morning, I say a good morning to them. My Kamai Central Chairman, Chairman FK, and my MP, Honorable Mutala, good morning to them and the entire constituency. Uh, chairman General, I am very cool, calm, and collected. Ah. But this something that uh, Kwame Kuma said, which I take hook, line, and sinker, that principles, that a man without principles is mm. not worth living. And that principles are indivisible. It is either you accept them in a whole or you reject them entirely. But you don't take half a principle and take half away and leave half. Mm. So I'm the type that stands by the truth, no matter what. Mm. And when I'm on the truth, I don't care who it affects, I will say it. So mostly people don't understand me because I always seek to defend the truth, no matter the consequences. But here's, here's a case, uh, being a politician, sometimes you know that uh, there's a particular subject matter that is being pushed by a party which you know vividly. I mean, it doesn't hold water. Yeah. But because being a party person, you need to come defend it. In those situations, how does it make you feel? General, you Defending see, the defenseless. A, a communicator of a party has two stands. Okay. The first stance you have to make clear to the listening public out there is that this is my party's stand. Mm. Maybe majority uh, decided to agree on that stand, but you as an individual did not. Mm. But you know we are in a democracy. Majorities, sure. uh, majority always carries the day. Mm. So you can state that this is my party's stand. But on my own personal stand, this is my stand. So that people can take the two and see that no, the party decided to go along the A line because majority of the people within the party agreed to go A line way. I, as a person, I did not want to go along that line, but because I must follow the majority, I am with them. But this is my personal stance. I think we always have to make these two stands clear so that people don't take you for the wrong reasons. Because look, <coughs> excuse me. There are so many instances where you have NDC take a stand, and there are individuals within the party who don't agree. But because <coughs> majority decided to agree to that, they will have to fall in line because there's what we call party loyalty. Uh -huh. So sometimes this is what happens. And I always say something on air. I come on air to talk about NDC to champion the cause of NDC, but not to defend the NDC. Because the moment you say you are coming to defend your party, it means anything that they bring up there, whether good or bad, you must defend it. No. I go on air to champion the cause of the NDC, to explain the policies and programs and the vision of the NDC for the Ghanaian population. It is left for the people listening to me to decide whether what I'm bringing out is good for them or not. But as for defense, no. Because the moment you say you are coming to defend your party, then you always want to argue to win. And sometimes it is not about winning the debate. It is about convincing people to go along with you. Not necessarily winning. I may not have the loudest voice on air as compared to Mr. A. But maybe the point I'm making in my small little tone is carrying the listenership away from the one with the loudest voice. So it's not about me screaming or 
defending my party, but it's about arguing to convince people to go along with me. And so I don't defend the NDC. I communicate for the NDC. I sell the NDC. For example, uh, what do you mean judgment that there were individuals within NDC who came out openly and said no. The man didn't deserve the money. You understand? Today, there are people within the MPP who are against the jeopardy. And some have spoken openly against it. Look at the Frontiers uh, uh, testing company at the Kotoka International Airport. Ministers of State are saying that they are not aware of the deal. They don't even, they have not cited even the contract. Meanwhile, they were part of the Meanwhile, they were part of the, that is it. So who signed the contract on behalf of the people of this country? Is, is who it, awarded is, the contract? Is it, is it that uh, we, we, we try to do things in, in such a way that we want to always please our parties? And not, not the Ghanaian people. I think, Chairman General, to a large extent, yes, I'll say yes. We take party interest to override the national interest, mm. which is very, very, very unfortunate. All the countries that we have seen developing fastly and catching up with the advanced world, national interest is beyond any other interest. But in Ghana, we have put party interest and party loyalty over and above national interest. And that is what is killing us. How to accrue the money for our parties. That is all. We don't care about the suffering masses of the, uh, the, the, the Ghanaian populace. All we care about is how to make our parties stay in power, make so much money individually for us, and that's it. When the country is suffering, we don't and care. And the expense of the poor person. That is it. Let us just look at this. Chairman General, over 280,000 people entered Ghana through the KIA airport when the ban was lifted for flights to come into Ghana and out of Ghana. In a, in a, in a space of four or three months, Ghana made over 30 something million dollars. Yeah. Just by charging $150 per test at the Kotoka International Yes. They even say it's not a PCR, it's an antigen test. Yeah, and later they change it. That is it. So $150, only $10 comes to the state. And we've been told by Vitus Azim that out of the $10, only 6 goes to the state. Where does the $4 go to? We don't know where it goes to. How about the $140 that is taken out of the $150? Who takes the $140? So you see that there's a ripoff. This is a broad daylight robbery of the Ghanaian people. Today we don't even have money to purchase PPEs. What health gave us this uh, vaccines for free because of the COVAX plan that they have for poor countries, including Ghana. 600,000 vaccines, which will be given to 300,000 Ghanaians because yeah, a you, dose is two. It's just two, yeah. Uh -huh. So, 600 two to each person, you have 300,000 people in Ghana. It means we need money to buy extra. Where will we get that money from? And the only way you can defeat this virus is for you to vaccinate with the your population within the shortest possible the shortest time. possible time, so that at least majority of your population are protected and quote unquote immune from that if they are vaccinated. Because if you look at the the, the Zeneca, the Zeneca takes twenty one days, then you can vaccinate the second them, dose, which which is much better off than the others mm -hmm. because I know a mob is a mob is I think is about less than. 10 days mm -hmm. you need to 
Mazelica takes 21 days. So three, three weeks. weeks. So, three so weeks you have you a period you can, can repair, get another badge. Get another badge. Yeah. So as quickly as possible, the heavy hit centers like Accra, Kumasi, yeah. uh, so, uh, the, uh, Accra, the greater Accra, the Shanti region, the central region, the eastern, eastern region, yeah. this four enclaves has to be dealt with. But you see how it is now, it's going to be those in authority. Mm -hmm. They've even given us the rollout, the plan. <laughs> and the plan is that the executive, the legislature, <laughs> the judiciary, they will take. So, you don't think about you and I. Not at all. We are the last to be thought about. <laughs> but unfortunately, we kill ourselves to make sure that they get to where they are today. And that is the unfortunate part of it. That's why somebody defined politics as a struggle of the many for the gains of the few. Look at how NDC is struggling to get back to power now. Many of us are struggling to get the party back into power. But let it come back to power, you see. They don't know the best. Only few people will, will gain. Like it is happening in the MPP now. A lot of them struggle to get the party back to power in 2016. Today, how many are gaining? In just a matter of four years, let's look at what Eugene I has amassed. Per the wife's no, let's take, no, let's take personality out. No, I'm just citing an example. No, but the wife has also come out to the bank that he, he lied. Because she she came out with a suit. Listen all the way. Uh, why, why she went that she's now counselor? So that is Onua. She can take back her words, but she brought them out. The fact is that people have made it within these four years under President Kufuado. Let's ask ourselves can we say that majority of MPP following who struggle for the party to come into office have made it? No. That is what we are doing to ourselves as a country. The masses are always the last to be given their fair share of the national kick. Those in, in, the, in, the, in the upper helms of affairs, they take the, 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 the first shots in everything. So it is not even worth it for us to kill ourselves, kill each other, to make sure that they get to where they are going. Mm. Because when they get there, we are the last that they think about. But it is unfortunate that we put party interest over national interest. Mm. And sometimes that is why we don't understand the Americas, the France, the UKs, the etc., China and Co. They put their national interest ahead of any other interest. When the country is developed, your party will develop. Definitely. But when your party is developed and the country is not developed, your party will retrogress. Because your party is only made up of a selected few. The population will over, overwhelm your numbers when you compare the number of people in your party to the general population. If we go by the 2020 results of the elections, you see that about 6 point something million voted for NDC, 6 point something voted for MPP. Meanwhile, Ghana's population is projected to be about 30, 30 31 million, million yeah. people. Let's say, even if it's 13 million. Very good. So put only, the two only parties. Only 13 million voted. That is and it. is left with 17 million. So started. those who didn't even vote are more than those who voted. So it tells you that even when you put these two political parties, they are following together. They can, we can't even match up to the rest of the population. Yeah. So it means that we should put the national interest first before our party interest. That is why you see politicians sit on air and defend the indefensible like you mentioned. Why on earth will you sit on TV or on radio and defend the jeopardy? When you can't even tell Ghanaians the, the shareholders of the, the, the company. Why will you sit on air and defend 
the Frontiers Testing Company. When you can't even tell us who awarded the contract to who. They've opened their accounts in tax havens, both Ejepa and Frontiers uh, Testing Company. Why? Ghana could have made so many millions from this testing at the Kotoko International Airport and used that money to buy PPEs for our hospitals and other facilities across the country. Today, we, we are learning that one Nigerian is in charge of that company. Who brought him in? Who awarded him the contract? Why is the tax force not even privy to the contents of the contract? The hotel is G G uh, GACL who gave the contract out. Are they above the laws of this country? That's a big question. That is it. Even the Minister of Health is not aware of what the details of the contract is. Foreign Affairs Minister not aware. Defense Minister not aware. Minister for Interior not aware. So are we only saying that it is only President Akufado who knows the details of that contract? So you see, this is what we are doing to ourselves as a country. When we put party interest over national interest, majority of the people will suffer. And Governor, uh, Chairman, let us be very careful as politicians of this country. The moment we allow the masses to lose trust in we the ruling class, then we face extinction. It has happened in the past to countries. It can happen today to us. It can also happen to tomorrow's generation. If you allow the masses to lose confidence in the ruling class, they will overtake you one day. And when they do, you will run helter skelter. We have to be very careful. People are suffering. Not only in Ghana, across Africa. People are suffering. German, look, Africa is the most, the, no, the richest continent in the world. Africa, the richest continent. But we're the most we have all the resources of this world. But we are the poorest. Can you imagine even Asia is better than us in terms of development? Because countries in Asia are becoming more and more advanced in their developmental effort. Come and look at Africa. After taking out South Africa and the Arab giants in Africa, which African country is doing better? Maybe Rwanda. Out of their genocide, they are not even doing better than Ghana. Better than Cote d'Ivoire. Can you imagine? Somebody so, said that so, the so problem believe, of Africa you, you, is leadership. Yeah, you and believe, I agree. You, you believe that the eighth parliament should put aside partisan interests yeah. and address national problems, major national problems. That is what they must be seen to be doing, or else they will blame themselves in future. Look, 2020 elections is enough to send a clear signal to any politician across the divide that the Ghanaian voter is becoming more and more discerning. And that when you think you can take them for granted, one day you'll be shocked to the marrow of your bones. The people are now getting to know that ah, when you give overwhelming number of seats to one party in parliament, anything passes in parliament. Look at the last, the seventh parliament of the fourth republic. Every bill that went to parliament passed. Why? Because NPP had 63 clear cut overwhelming majority over the NDC. In fact, the biggest walkout and boycott in parliament happened under the seventh parliament of the fourth republic, where MPP had the majority of seats. 11 walkouts. 11. Unprecedented in our history because they had the numbers. Anytime there was a bill that NDC opposed 
for good reasons and worked out. They used their numbers to pass it. They passed bills under the seventh parliament and again suspended and cancelled those bills again. They have luxury vehicle tax. So many other things. They ended up cancelling them again. What does it mean? It means that a lot of those bills were not thought through well. But for party loyalty, not just year year the bill to pass through. And so many of the bills went through. That was why Ejapa nearly went through. But for the timely intervention of Special Prosecutor Martin Amidu, Ejapa would have sailed through. But because of the damning revelations that he found after his investigation of the deal, no, but exposed no, the deal no, but to the, the whole point, of But world. the point is that the mi minority then, almost all the, the issues the minority raised, he, he uncovered them yeah, in this. So it was the same thing. Very good. So I would say the minority did. They did very well. Mm -hmm. But you see, the gravitas of the effort matters. Matinamidu being the special prosecutor appointed by this government, bringing out those revelations, carried a lot of weight than what the minority said in parliament. Because the minority, people could have taken them to be, oh, they are just doing their partisan bidding. Let us not take them seriously. So how do we deal with this partisan bidding? In, in our, in our political first of all, now. first of all, political parties must be seen to be fashioning our policies and programs that are of the national interest first. Not to inure to the benefit of party following, no. Political parties must make sure that when they come into office, even when you promise A, B, C, D in your manifesto and you come and examine the, uh, the policy and you think that no, this will not inure to the benefit of the country. You put it aside. Aristotle, uh, Mark, uh, what is it? Uh, Machiavelli said that when you're looking for power, promise anything. Even if you think that those you are speaking to at the moment will believe when you say you give them heaven on earth, promise them heaven on earth. But when you win power, look at the promises that you have made. Ask yourself which of these promises is feasible and will inure to the benefit of the state and my party. If the answers are yeah, 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 then you pass it or you uh, proceed to do it. But if you think that it will not, you know, to the benefit of the state and your party, you avoid it, even if you did promise to do that. You put it aside. That is sensible way of doing politics. But because I promise A, B, C, and X, Y, Z in my manifesto, even if I come and they are not correct or they are not politically wise to pursue, I must pursue them. Look at the judgment just that we are paying now. This government has paid over 280 million Ghana cities in terms of judgment debt in the last four years. Wyoming was only 51 million Ghana cities. The whole world heard about Wyoming. 51 million. Today we have paid in excess of 280 million. Nobody is talking about it. Why? Because MPP is in power and they have the loudest voice. Why is the MDC not shouting about the judgment debt? When Wormi was tagged as an NDC man and money was doled out to him on a silver platter, today over 280 million has been doled out to people as judgment debt. People are raising red flags. And when you look at some of those contracts that were cancelled in 2017, you will know that they were just done to appease to party following because we made noise about this contract and that contract in opposition. We are in office. Let's be seen to be doing the cancellation. So some of them were cancelled unreasonably today we are faced with a lot of judgment debt and many more are coming up most governments in our history up to today they've done the same 
simply because we have that overzealousness to say that our predecessor was not good our predecessor didn't do well we are going to do better so when we come we must at all costs find fault with some of the pro pro programs and projects that they undertook so that we just criticize and make them look bad in the eyes of the public sometimes this is the motivating factor that push politicians in office to cancel some of these uh, contracts only ending up giving us judgment debts today Contractors who executed projects under NDC in 2012 to 2016. Most of them have not been paid. Banks are on their necks, chasing them for their monies. The monies are accruing interest. Do you uh, think uh, that one day when they're going to be paid, they will not be incurring interest on the, the, the debt? No, but the point is that it happens with all governments. Very good. That is something. What, what, what is our problem as a nation? The overzealousness to say that my predecessor did not do well. Or my predecessor was corrupt. Now let's take for the roads, for instance. Yes. Ten million dollars was used to do the road audit in 2017, simply because NDC gave contracts to road contractors, including the Eastern Corridor. MPP in opposition said that those contracts were inflated. When they came into office, ten million dollars was used to do the audit. At the end of the day, the minister for roads told us that after the audit, no contract was found out to be inflated. As they claimed in opposition, ten million dollars. Do you know how much projects ten million dollars could have executed for the people in this country? Chiefs compounds, polyclinics, even roads that we could have used to build, and that ten million dollars could have been used to build for people of this country. You can't imagine the number of roads, but we use that ten million only to do an audit, a useless audit. Why? Because we accuse the NDC of inflating contracts in opposition. Today we are in government, we must try at all costs to find it. Chairman, look at Saglemi. Over 2,000 housing units. Atachia, <clears throat> since 2017, kept on saying that something untoward had happened in the contract. Up to 2020, he couldn't even prove even a single deal that was fraught with inflation of the price. Today, the housing units, those which are completed, they are rotting away. Why? <clears throat> because they were constructed by the NDC. As we see today, security services don't have rooms to live in. Now, but that wasn't also the same thing as somebody said affordable houses. Very the good. They were left it and they are rotting. Why? Why are we doing this to ourselves? <clears throat> Why are we doing this to us? Excuse me. <clears throat> Why are we doing this to ourselves? At all costs, I must find fault with my predecessor or else I can't rule well. Why? Why is this so? Is that what the, uh, our superiors, those who have brought up politics, is that how they do their politics? No. Look, Donald Trump had the largest number of senators belonging to the Republican Party voting against him during his impeachment trial. The largest number in the American history from a political party against their own sitting president. Today in Ghana, Speaker of Parliament, NDC nom nominates one nominee, MPP nominates one nominee. At the end of the day, some members of the MPP voted against their own nominee. And today, NDC is having a Speaker of Parliament in a government of Nana Kufado from MPP. That is a very good mark. That if we continue like this, we are sending a clearer signal to the politician that look, you cannot take us for a ride. 
and that gradually, gradually we will get there. And one day, you will find somebody speaking against policies and programs of his own party, like demonstrated by Honorable Rasmu Barak in the time past. There were certain pro programs that NDC brought out, and he kicked against them openly, even in Parliament. Even though sometimes he was forced or whipped into line. <laughs> That's the whip system. Whether you like it or not, you must cotto to the whims and caprices of your party, whether you like it or not. And so I think that it is high time we checked such a, a way of doing politics in this country so that we can move forward as a country and Ghana will develop faster and go along with its competitors across the world. Because we have a lot of resources in this country. We have no excuse to remain poor for so many years. We have no excuse. It's not about time for us to turn up, up looking at the human capital, looking at human, uh, developing our, our own human, the, per, the human index yeah. to get people to choose certain particular kind of lines. Uh, if you look at a new curriculum, they just churn out. If we can, can we follow it through? Chairman, let's ask ourselves, even the new curriculum, did we prepare very well? Yeah, that's the question I'm asking. Very good. Can we, can even we today. It? It's a very good curriculum. Yeah. If we, very no, good. No, I read through it. I was so very good. It. But let's the ask point ourselves, is, can we do it? As we said today, we don't even have textbooks for that new curriculum. We don't have. Even syllabus and other stuff are given to us in soft copy. You have to go and download it. If teachers will have to go and download their material to go to class to teach, how about students or the people in class who are supposed to have the physical textbook because Ghana today cannot afford a computer for every child in school. So we need hard copies of the learning materials to give to people. Do we have them? So the soft copy has been given to the teachers. Yes. But the students don't have them. They don't have anything. They're, they're soft so when you come to class and you are even telling lies, the child may not be able to detect because he has no reference point to refer to, to see whether teacher is on point or off point. And you can't assume that all teachers will do the right thing. You cannot assume like that. Because some teachers can go out there to do the mischief, to decide to teach wrong things to children for their own parochial interest. And who will be monitoring? Very good. Even our monitoring systems, are they well equipped to monitor? Today, go around and ask circuit supervisors we will tell you that they go around with their motorbikes and their cars at their own expense. They take something from their small salary at the end of the month to buy petrol or diesel into their cars and motorbikes to move around and do the, super, the, the monitoring and supervision. And that is why it is not effective. Is, is it that our leadership don't care? We don't prioritize certain things that we are supposed to prioritize. You talked about human development. If you don't standardize your educational system you cannot have bit graduates no wonder Ghanaian graduates are good on paper put them to the practical test and not many of them will pass through it successfully because they have what only done the rote learning chew poor pass and forget they just memorize things go into the exam hall and then they they they, they pour and pass yesterday we wrote promotional exams Yes, yeah, so across the country. Yeah, as a, but those who don't have index numbers cannot. Yes, you see, when you apply online, GES will congratulate you for successfully applying. Then, about a week or two weeks to the exam date, they sent out messages again 
to all those who were congratulated. And then they gave you your index number and your center. So if you did not get the index number and your center number, it means that maybe your application was not even successful. If mm. not, you would have been given your center and index number. So they contacted all of us on our phones and then we went to the centers with our center number, index number, and everything was neatly done. All the materials they brought, our names were on them. The question paper came, you had to write your index number on it. Your name was not even needed. Because the index number identifies you completely. So those who didn't get their index numbers, I am going, I am tempted to think that they were not successful. In fact, in my school, about two or so teachers didn't get their index numbers. So I was told that they didn't write. But I got my index number and I went in a room. And Chairman you should have seen the questions. The questions were very tricky. <laughs> very tricky questions, Chairman General. But the, the shocking thing was that on the question paper, they said we should start at 9.30 and end at 11, 1 or 30 minutes. But when they gave us the paper, they said we should start at 9 and at 10. So practically we used one hour instead of one hour, 30 minutes for about 75 or 70 questions. Wow. It was not a small thing, but we did our best. Some of us were able to finish. But as to whether what we wrote was the correct thing, we are only waiting for it to be marked. But we were able to finish. But I'm telling you, if such a test was going to be carried through, they will be able to get the best out of the lot. Okay. As teachers for... So it's something that you feel I like tell you, Chairman General, look, it was purely practical. Okay. They asked practical questions. So it means that we can do the right We thing. can do it, but it's just that we are not prioritizing education. You see... Education, health, agriculture, employment, security. These are five priority areas that no country should be joking with. Over 60% of Ghanaian population are into agriculture. If we invest in agri, we will not need to go outside Ghana and import anything to eat. We will end up exporting some of the things that we produce in Ghana. Ghanaian people, our God has blessed the Ghanaian mind or brain with so much intelligence. Look all over Africa. Our judges or our lawyers are in other countries as attorney generals. Our lawyers even go abroad to do cases for international com uh, uh, companies. Our lawyers go and become attorney generals of countries within Africa. In fact, Marita Bru and uh, Gloria Kufu, or is it Sophia Kufu? When they represented Ghana at the International Maritime Boundary Dispute in is it the ICC or so, yeah. the whole world celebrated the two women from Ghana for their excellent performance in how they dealt with the law. They were celebrated. They made Ghana proud. Look, a Ghanaian going out of Ghana to do academic work, you can be rest assured that he will excel or she will excel. So the Ghanaian brain is not a small one but the problem is that we are not prioritizing education of the Ghanaian child that is why we are not developing look and it is only education that can make a child creative so that the child can discover new ways of doing things as a result of the knowledge that he has acquired in school if you are not educated you may have the ideas but I tell you to discover new ways of doing things you need scientific method to do that and where do you get a scientific method? It's from education. 
if majority of Ghanaians are not educated, then it tells you that we have a long way to go. We have a long way to go. Check with the time of Ghana, almost 24 minutes past uh, 9 a.m. In a short while, we'll bring the conversation to an end. It's still the Friday conversation, and I'm here with the uh, best teacher, I call himself. So, yeah. His name is Yahuza. Yeah. You can also join the conversation at 0548839529. Um, finally, finally, on the 4th of uh, on the 4th of March, then we'll go for the judgment and see how it goes. But already, um, it's like we, we I don't know, the, the, there was a circular that came out because of political influence. People want to poison people's minds against judicial. And I always tell people election are three things. You win, you lose. These are the two things. The same thing when you go to a, a court, you might win, you might lose. Whichever way it goes, you have to take it. Let me pick my first call. I'll come back. Okay. Hello, good morning. Yes, boss. Good morning, sir. Hey, Jude, how are you? Yes. I'm doing good. Well, let's hear uh, let, uh, My uh, boss over there, the director of the and great and great the MP for Kumu Conference, Honorable Alahad, the Frank Adam. Chairman General, see, Ghana is in a state of men. Why is that issue? My senior brother has made it clear that the right thing can be done. We really want to do the right thing. But some agenda, it seems those who are in the minority side are suffering in this country. But General, I want to be sure that Ghana will work again. Maybe generations that are coming. Because Chairman General, one professor said, it, said that, but even before independence, civil society organizations were fighting for their rights. Now that we are practicing democracy, now that we are in our own, nobody is talking to gain. And sometimes I blame Ghanaians because some general, I don't like rubber politics. But hold on, it seems hold on, hold on, it looks hold like this political party is in power. People are beginning to speak. People are beginning to talk. But when certain political parties is in power, Maybe it's maybe maybe it's your perception. Maybe it's your thinking. Now it's your thinking. Okay. What people were criticizing corruption in this country? What people were criticizing family affairs? But today, nothing. Nobody is talking about this, and that is my question. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> Who 
so much my brother yes sir so much have a great morning hello good morning good morning sir
Bond in this country. Yes, you said something. You said there's no government called 419 government. If you can pull that out. If, if, if you can pull that out. If, if you continue, if you, if you don't change your stand, I'm going to take you off. He, he is not 419 government. There's no, there's no, there is no government called 419. Can you pull that out? That word, that word you use. No, nobody is calling in the government 419. Hello, Al-Haji, Al-Haji. Aho, Al-Haji, can you pull it out? Can you pull, can you pull it out? Can you pull it out? Oh, change a different thing. Now, I want you to say, I pull it out. <laughs> I didn't say, I said, put it out. There's no government in Ghana called for another government. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, good morning. Please hold on. Okay, thank you. So much, Al Haj. Everybody know which figure and you use uh, to 
Alright, thank you. I think we've crossed that bridge. Thank you so much, Al Haj. Enjoy your weekend. Join me tomorrow on a on a on a flip side. Hello, good morning. Good morning, Good morning, my brother. Yes, uh, your good friend Nam Zakale. Yes, Nam Zakal. Good morning to you. Uh, good morning to our cherished 